It's that time of the week. Open it up the Peacock and Williamson mailbag prior to week six of the NFL season. Talking about the New England Patriots. Is there any way to fix them? What's actually the problem there? Ravens receivers trade deadline chatter already seeing more trades happening as October turns. All that and more coming on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day appreciate all the everydayers out there subscribed on youtube and anywhere else you get your podcast today's episode of pnw is brought to you by jace medical empower yourself when you purchase a jace case providing you with personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections get yours today at jacemedical.com that's jace j-a-s-e medical.com Okay, getting into the mailbag here. I want to start with the New England Patriots because this is as bad as we've seen them in uh, some people's lifetimes, and um, and in Bill Belichick's lifetime, maybe for for what's going on there in New England. Let's go to Crime Dog to start, and he says, "Pats slash Belichick have only drafted or developed three good wide receivers: Dion Branch, Julian Edelman, and Jacoby Myers. All others, Welker, Moss, etc., were trades, free agent signings. How much is there?" a bad wide receiver drafting and development, a cause of their poor play this season. And then he says, shaking my head at Myers playing well with the Raiders. And that's, I want to start there with the Myers thing, because I was thinking about this during Monday night football and earlier on in the season, Jacoby Myers is a really good player. You develop this guy and you let him go, but then you sign. It's not like you didn't sign Mm -hmm. other players too. So you signed worse players. So it's not about money necessarily. And you let the guy that you drafted, that's really good, go and so again and it goes back to the thing we've said a lot here on the podcast matt is bill belichick the gm is making bill belichick the head coach's job infinitely harder than it has to be yeah i think the analogy i used was he's he put the treadmill on the the highest slope you know what i mean like we don't we we can walk flat here at four miles an hour we don't have to walk on a 10 degree incline i mean it doesn't have to be this hard who were the three receivers that the tweeter mentioned there? Um, uh, the, Edelman was- they, that they drafted and developed themselves. It was Dion Branch, Julian Edelman, and Jacoby Myers. All similar types, you know, and I know they traded for Welker, but they turned Welker into the slot machine that he is as well. Right. So- he wasn't, yeah, it, he didn't, it was, it was like a seventh round pick or something they traded from the Dolphins, right? I think was it was played- earlier than that. It was a day two pick, and the oh, Dolphins. Okay. Because it's funny, because I mean, this isn't what we're planning on talking about, but slot receivers weren't a thing then. And in the yeah. same offseason within the division, oh, we'll take that Welker guy off your hands for, I think it was a second or third, because nobody really knew what to do with them. And then the same offseason, they traded a fifth for Randy Moss. So they got like the best passing game in the league for like a second and fifth. The two, you know, Moss wasn't happy as the Raiders. Anyway. Yeah, well, it's funny. Moss is a great example, too, because obviously yeah. Tom Brady is a – uh, is, are you the one that used the term the the deodorant something being the best deodorant? Yeah, I've stolen that from people yeah. over the years, but yeah, <laughs> Tom Brady's the ultimate deodorant, right? So like, absolutely, he's, he's survived and and they've won Super Bowls with pretty 
weak, mediocre receiver cores. And then they had Randy Moss, and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, this is the best offense oh in the NFL. And, you know, 50 touchdowns. And it's like, holy smokes, look what happens when you get big-time talent at wide receiver for for Tom Brady. So clearly Tom Brady's a part of all of this, but I think it's beyond wide receiver too, because clearly the wide receiver quarterback relationship is going to be different. You don't have a hall of fame quarterback anymore. And Mac Jones is not going to be that ever. You know what I mean? It's just that that's not a thing, but the offensive line's worse. The defense is worse in a lot of different places, the defensive line. And then you let guys like Jacoby Myers, who could be useful go and you're signing really mediocre players trying to throw deep balls to Kendrick Bourne. And that's just not his game at all. He, he can't run away. He didn't run away from anybody's entire life. Right. Uh, he, he's a smooth footwork guy. Get open underneath, catch the ball. No, after the catch, that's it, you know, plays over. And, uh, so it, it, everything's bad. You can't just blame it all on the quarterback either or just the wide receivers. But it just goes to show you with moves like the Jacoby Myers thing, you're looking at him like scratching your head. What are you doing over there? Like, I, I don't really understand who's doing the evaluating and who's making decisions. And why would you de- draft and develop a really good player and let him go and sign worse players? So a lot to unpeel here. I, I do think that the way they've handled wide receivers, especially the draft and development, has been about as bad in the league, it, minus that offseason of Welker and Moss. You know, if you, if you exclude that, which you never should because it was a historically great move. But, I mean, they brought in Chad Johnson and drafted Nikhil Harry. I mean, even guys they've invested in to fix the problem have not worked out well. Now, there's reasons for that, too. I mean, in the Brady years, from what I've been told, and this absolutely plays, that – it's a very, very complex offense. You know, when Brady and Belichick have been there, they don't write a new playbook every week or every year. It ends up looking like a Chinese phone book. They just keep adding to it. And some rookie receiver has to learn this many plays as opposed to this many plays that most teams have. So getting on board with that passing game is a real uphill challenge for any new addition, let alone a high draft pick. People don't give Moss this credit, but he's like, one of the smartest football minds of any receiver of all time. You know, Welker was as well. Edelman was as well. So that's to me, the receiver thing. The Myers thing is a very good conversation. And we heard that a lot. We're going to hear it a lot this week. Cause you know, he's playing the Patriots this week. He's a, he's a Raider. Now to your point and to the tweeters point, Replacing him with Juju and other similar not-as-good versions at a slightly better price makes no sense at all. 100% agree. Could they use Jacoby Myers? Oh, boy. He might even catch 100 balls there for them. But I've also been told, and this makes a lot of sense to me too, nobody thinks this way. Playing for New England right now isn't fun. Playing for New England when they won Super Bowl after Super Bowl wasn't fun. It, it's there's a lot of things at play there. Bill's not necessarily a nice guy. It's not a fun, <laughs> rah, rah environment. Right. Like when he was scouting for the Browns, I talked to several Patriot scouts that would go in the building a couple times a year from home. And they would be like, every one of them would say, you don't see any of the Super Bowl trophies. You don't know if they're one in 10 or 10 and one. Every day is exactly the same. I mean, it's Groundhog Day. and if you get a big playoff check in the end in the shiny ring, it's all worth it. But now people don't want to stay there or go there in free agency is my point. 
Yeah, and I don't know what goes into the Jacoby Myers decision, but it's not like Madden where there's only one decision maker. Uh, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Right. He might have said, no, I'm good. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Um, test the watch. Yeah, prefer hanging out with McDaniels than uh, – I know than, I got an offer over here for my old coach than right. dealing with this every day. Like, yeah. it's a stupid little thing, but I've been told that their stadium, which is where they practice and stuff, is the hardest one to get to in the country. So, like, all these players are like an hour commute. You know, the weather's not great. You get there and Bill just grunts at you, and, and then you lose. You know, like, if it's fine if we win, but if you lose, that's not much fun. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah. Um, uh, Gronk, I think, should be part of the conversation. They drafted and developed Gronk. Great one. Yes. Yeah, tight end. Uh, and tight ends have been a feature in in – those Patriots offenses. And then, uh, but anyway, yeah. So everything's bad. It's not just receivers, not just losing Jacoby Myers, not just losing one player here or there. And they'd done a such, such a good job historically. And this goes back, this was a bill Walsh thing too. And it was like, I'd rather let someone go a year too early than a year too late. And they've let a lot of free agents go and you have to pay some big time players when you're a big time team and you have to make some tough decisions. But they're not a big-time team anymore, and I don't even know who they're playing. Don't they have the most cap space in the league next year? Or was it this year? Right near the top. Yeah, right. right, The year for this. You should be trying to keep everybody that's good, and you should be trying to to sign everybody in free agency. But um, because you got to get better, you got to get more talent. And when you don't have the quarterback to elevate all the rest of the talent, then you're going to start seeing more warts. And so I I think it's, it's all of the above. It's not just one thing right now in New England. Yeah, 100%. And I I have two little small notes on that subject, too, is a great thing, again, to their credit, to Brady's credit, that they had going on back in the day was Tom took less than market value. I mean, we know he could have held their feet to the fire and had a huge contract, but that worked in a lot of ways. Of course, you now have cap space to give to others. But if Gronk or Seymour or McGinnis or whomever goes to the ownership saying, I want to be the highest paid player at my position, they just say, well, we can't pay you more than Tom, you know, and Tom's making a yeah. bargain, you, you know? So like, <laughs> how can we give you more than Tom, you know? And now I'm looking at EPA per play too here, or, you know, uh, offensive EPA. And not only are the Patriots last, I mean, like there's a big gap from the Patriots to the Giants, the Steelers, the Browns, the Jets. I mean, bad offenses. They're a distant last. And frankly, they're worse on offense than they were last year. Yeah, and EPA, a lot of people want to attach EPA with just the quarterback. And I think Mac Jones' quarterback play has been bad on top of mm-hmm. it, but it's it a is. it's an all-encompassing thing. It's an offensive thing. It's an offensive coordinator thing. And um, and so yeah, everything's everything's worse than it should be right now in uh, in New England, that's for sure. I don't, know, like, I don't who, know if it's worse than it should be. It's just really, really awful. Well, because I say that because you think about Ramondre Stevenson. At least that was supposed to be good this year, and that's not even good. I mean, just a fantasy note, him and Zeke split carries like in time, like 50-50 yeah, this past week. Like you I called that, thing. by the way. I was, I know I was like, yeah. are you guys crazy? You think Bill Belichick's going to just use one workhorse running back? <laughs> uh, the Patriots have never done that, and I knew Zeke was going to creep in there and, and vulture something from Ramondre Stevenson's value. And, uh, of course, we're seeing that, although Ramondre by himself hasn't been amazing either. Yeah, but that goes and, to up front. They've they've had probably one of the worst offensive lines they've had in a while right now. Brutal. You know they were trading for offensive linemen at the roster cut. You know just anything they could get. Everything's bad. 
Um, speaking of Mac Jones, we got a question here, and I think it's related to comments we heard from Dan Orlovsky earlier in the week about if you put Mac Jones in another offense, say the San Francisco 49ers offense and Purdy uh, in the Patriots offense, how would things look for those teams and those quarterbacks? Ravens receivers, we do have a, a receiver trade as well, Van Jefferson and more coming up, Peacock and Williamson style. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by eBay Motors. We talked a little bit about fantasy football and our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy's Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for daily fantasy drafts every week or scouting the waiver wire, we've got you covered here, providing you with players that are guaranteed fits on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Pick of the Week. And how about... Baker Mayfield. I was surprised to see Baker Mayfield sneaky. on this list from Vinny Iyer. It's a sneaky one. That's right for your DFS drafts. Maybe picking them up in your fantasy leagues for week number six. Coming off a of week five by uh, Baker, Baker Mayfield's been a borderline quarterback one all season long and his most efficient season as a NFL passer right now. Uh, Mayfield has been locked into a variety of receivers and the Lions can struggle to cover slot target Chris Godwin and tight end Cade Otten. Uh, the Bucks also uh, won't be able to run much on Detroit, leading to a pleasing passing. And maybe if they get behind, just throw them from behind there for uh, Baker Mayfield as well. So sneaky fantasy play Baker Mayfield in week six. Vinny Iyer has uh, everybody locked into their fantasy football championships, hopefully. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And it is the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. My baby needed a little part. I went to eBay Motors. It could not have been simpler. Uh, I put my information in what the car was. I found my part. And other places I've looked for parts before, it's, it's amazing how many different tweaks there are and what you could possibly need and it's so hard but ebay motors makes it easy big green check mark right on the part i needed i knew which one it was i ordered it it was perfect and it could not have been simpler plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash so keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply so uh, let's go to this one then and finish up the Patriots portion of things. And then uh, I want to move on to the, the 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 Ravens as well. But we have a question here from, this is from Halsey on uh, on YouTube. By the way, you at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL is where you can get us questions on Twitter or on the YouTube comments. This one comes from YouTube. What if Mac Jones was the 49ers quarterback and Purdy was on the Patriots, Matt? And I do want to say really quick here, um, looking at how things might go this year for the Patriots and Mac Jones. Do not be shocked if Mac Jones is backing up Brock Purdy in San Francisco next year. Yeah, that's what I back off. And Dan Orlovsky earlier this week on ESPN, he said something to the effect of, if if Mac Jones was in San Francisco playing for the 49ers, it would look just the same as it looks with Brock Purdy. And I have a huge problem with that portion of this uh, because Brock Purdy is just better than Mac Jones in leadership, uh, poise, anticipation, uh, the way he's in control of his offense, running his offense, Brock Purdy is is actually doing some elevating where Mac Jones is not. He's just he's just not playing good football. And then you got to question, you know, what's going on upstairs and some leadership and locker room stuff. And you know, 
punching people in the in the nuts the in between plays right like <laughs> there's a lot bad going on with mac jones so don't pretend that any old schlub can just walk into san francisco and be doing what purdy's doing because purdy is doing more than anybody else did including jimmy garoppolo and any of the other quarterbacks that have been uh, rolling through san francisco recently so disrespectful to brock purdy first of all from dan orlovsky and i think he's way off on that now to the question of what if mac jones is the 49ers quarterback he would look better than he looks with the patriots i i, I don't think there's any doubt in that one yeah, agree with everything you said without question. Now, I am a the older I get, the more I'm a believer for young quarterbacks, landing spots, nests that situation might matter more than the quarterback. You know, your first year in the league, first round picks, that type of thing. That being said, I mentioned I referenced EPA earlier. So the bottom four quarterbacks in EPA, which does isolate your situation a little bit than just pure stats, are Pickett, Bryce Young, then there's a gap, then there's Mac, and then there's Zach Wilson. You know, like those are, I mean, he's basically the worst in the league. He is the worst in the league of quarterbacks that their, their team planned to start to begin the season. And on the flip side, Okay, Mahomes has a .28 EPA. He's fourth. Josh Allen has a .30. He's third. Tua is .32. He's second. Purdy's first at .51. Every time he snaps the ball, he generates half a point of production for his football team. Like, he's a distant one. And yes, his situation absolutely helps to no end. But to your point, one's the best and one's the worst, <laughs> and, and they're both distant. Yes. So the 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 situation would help and hurt, but it wouldn't make the difference of best and worst in the NFL as far as how those offenses. No question. Work. No question. Like I think Darnold would do well in that offense. I think Jones would do well in that offense, but not Purdy level. Not even they would be the best in the league. No chance. I, I said something to Locked On 49ers and actually got a little bit of pushback because you know there's been conversations of oh man is is Christian McCaffrey MVP of the league? Oh man is it Brock Purdy mm-hmm. is actually MVP of the league right now or MVP of the 49ers? Uh and I said oh, I would tr- I would take Purdy over McCaffrey for the rest of the season in a heartbeat if I had to choose one. And it wouldn't even it's not even a conversation. It wouldn't even be close. Really? We're like what are you talking about? Are you crazy? I'm like are you, are you crazy? I would much rather play with Brock Purdy the way this offense is humming, putting up 42. He, McCaffrey averaged 2.7 yards per carry last week, and the Niners put up 42 points on the Cowboys, right? Mm-hmm. Because of how good Brock Purdy's playing and, and the rest of the team. I'd much rather roll out there with Brock Purdy and Jordan Mason than Sam Darnold and Christian McCaffrey. And I, I think it's an easy answer. And, and I don't know if you agree with me. Because of position they play. Not agree with me. I think like, McCaffrey's just so good and so fun to watch. Yeah. I think it's hard for people to wrap their head around how much more valuable a quarterback is than the running back, even though McCaffrey's clearly more than just a running back. It's really interesting because the way both players are viewed, one's Mr. Irrelevant, one's the most dynamic offensive player in the league and unbelievably versatile, but it's still position value is absolutely huge. And forgive me if I'm redundant, you already said this, but I knew you you mentioned a lot of this. I keep saying Purdy keeps looking better and better and better too. He's improving. Mac Jones is getting worse and worse and worse. I mean, no doubt. And they're both going opposite directions. It's all feeding into itself too. So that, and Mm -hmm. I think it's the reverse of what's happening in, in new England where things are getting bad. And so then the play calling looks worse and then the playmakers look worse. And then the quarterback looks worse and then the blocking looks worse. And then now you're calling conservative plays because you know, nothing's working. And I think Mm -hmm. the opposite's happening with the 49ers where 
Kyle Shanahan could be more aggressive because his quarterback is more aggressive and hitting some plays. So you can go make some plays that uh, and maybe call some plays. So now Kyle Shanahan's actually better because he trusts his quarterback more and his quarterback is making his plays look better. And in turn, it's making the entire offense and everybody on it look better. So and that's why I lo- the EPA is a great stat, but I don't want to attach it just to quarterback because there's mm-hmm. so many factors into it. Uh, and I think that's what we're seeing right now is everything stacking on top of each other and it's just working marvelously. And a lot of it is because of Purdy, but it's not just because he's better on the same plays. It's because now they can go to new ideas and new plays that he could do that other quarterbacks couldn't before. And he's so good anticipating that it's not like uh, it's not like he's making these big time throws because he's chucking it Josh Allen style. 65 yards down the field it's because he's dropping things into areas and using anticipation to to get balls into places that maybe other quarterbacks couldn't and including most likely mac jones so there's a lot of special qualities for brock purdy and it blows me away every week and i'm such a believer now and it's so fun to watch him operate and i think unless you watch him you you could make the mistake like dan orlovsky does of of saying ah it's, it's it's the offense it's shanahan purdy deserves a lot of credit for what's going on right now with the 49ers offense yeah, and I don't want to harp on EPA too much, but the one thing that does back Orlovsky is Shanahan quarterbacks kind of break AP- EPA. Like Jimmy's super high every year, even when he's average. Not like this, though. You're not almost double the second guy yeah. in the league. You know, I mean, that, that's insane. And lastly, too, is I'm sure you agree with me. Like when Brock and Mac came out of the womb, Brock was a better playmaker than Mac. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yes. Oh, he was doing it in college. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Brock Purdy had the the Mahomes play when he was at Iowa, Iowa State mm-hmm. when uh, he's leaping sideways and he's completely horizontal trying to trying to throw a pass. Right. Like he's kind of been that and it was more frenetic and he didn't have as much talent around him. So you see what that looks like now in the NFL. And it's been from from snap number one for Purdy, which is crazy, too. It's not like he was this guy that sat forever and developed for a few years and was a backup that became a starter. It happened almost instantly. It happened in his rookie season. And he, he's undefeated when he plays the 49ers win every single game it's pretty remarkable. yeah it's pretty crazy so next uh, i want to talk about the ravens receivers are they doing lamar jackson dirty over there in baltimore and uh, a little bit more about the trade deadline and some players who will not be around in the next few weeks next today's episode brought to you in part by jace medical everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected that's why jace medical offers the jace case The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency situation. We've been through pandemics and you saw how that goes. Maybe people weren't able to get what they needed. You're on a family vacation. There's no cell phone service and you need some life-saving potentially medication. And, you know, 50 plus ailments can be um, these antibiotics can uh, help in, in life-saving ways in some cases. So uh, Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication you need in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. And you can get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using our promo code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. Again, $20 off promo code locked on jacemedical.com. That's jace, J A S E, medical.com. Okay, going to 
Where are we at here? Um, Baltimore. Let's talk uh, Lamar and his receiver. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've got a question from Mark. Here it is. And he says, why doesn't Harbaugh and Ravens not get vilified from the national media for never giving Lamar any great weapons? Andrews and nothing else. Zay looks good. Um, Brown was good. Hollywood Brown was good before he was a member of the Cardinals, traded away. They're wasting his talent. I'm a Steeler fan, so it's okay with me, but you get the <laughs> idea. So uh, what, what do you think about that idea, Matt? I think a lot about that idea, to be very honest with you. And it didn't dawn on me as much and as bad as it was until I read Warren Sharp's off-season guide, his, you know, his preview he puts out, his almanac or whatever he calls his. Because he goes into great detail about no one ever talked about Lamar on his rookie deal. You know, we talk about Purdy on his rookie deal. He can get Debo and blah, 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 blah. It was never like, well, Lamar's on his rookie deal. Go get him. Stefan Diggs, Tyree Kill, blah, 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 blah. You know, like a lot of teams do. Herbert goes on his rookie deal. Burrow on his rookie deal. And that being said, I wanted to double check this because I went to drafthistory.com and I'm looking at it now. Lamar was drafted in 2018, as was Andrews, as was Hayden Hurst before Lamar, which is weird. But anyway, the year after Lamar was drafted, they used a third round pick on Miles Boykin. So that's a that's a day two pick. A day, a first rounder on Marquise Brown. That's the year after Lamar was drafted. The, the year after that, they use a day two pick on Devin Duvernay. And the year after that, they use a first round pick on Rashad uh, Rashad Bateman. And this year, they used a first round pick on Zay Flowers. So, in terms of draft capital since Lamar's drafting acquisition, I doubt there's a team in the league that's done more, to be honest. What's that? Three first-round picks and two second-day picks? They haven't necessarily been great. And frankly, when it happened, I said the Beckham contract is a flat-out waste of money. I mean, it's just way too much money for a name-brand guy that hasn't played football in forever. But the the root of the pro- the root is based on a rookie deal, and you didn't get it done for the guy, you know, despite trying through the draft. I mean, that, that's the history of it. You yeah, that, it that's you why I push back a lot is I've heard this narrative quite a bit, and it's just mm-hmm. flat out wrong. They've tried a lot. Now, they've failed for sure, but they've tried. They've spent a second-round pick on A.K. Dobbins, too, the running back. So yeah, yeah, uh, they've spent tons of draft right resources and- on the offense to try to get this thing right. Part of it is young Lamar and how the offense was built isn't conducive to you know huge – production for a bunch of receivers you know and kind mm-hmm. of the target hog was mark andrews and, the, and that was about it um but the players clearly haven't been great i, I don't I, I i think the marquise brown trade was good for the ravens i thought that was a smart move by them um and you know just you expect more from bateman and we'll see what flowers ends up being and and brown and you know duvernay and boykin and just none of these guys have turned out so they've tried but they failed in a different way and it hasn't been lack of trying so i think that's why you can't vilify the ravens because you know they've they've tried and and uh, whoever like they've done such a good job scouting developing drafting talent on that roster for a long time with the wide receiver position it's like the opposite of the steelers right every time the steelers draft receiver you're like oh george no, Pickens is gonna be great. he went to the steelers and it just feels like the opposite for the ravens so there, I have great respect for the Ravens. I mean, it's not a Steeler thing. Whatsoever. I think they're a really smart organization. So Marquise Brown was drafted with the thought of, we're going to be the run heaviest team in the league. If we have a field stretcher, I can get people out of the box. Okay. I mean, on paper, that sounds wonderful. 
except Marquise Brown doesn't block a soul in the run game, you know, and that matters to them, you know, yeah. like Miles Boykin does, but he's not good, you know, so what does that gain us? Then in the Duvernay era, nobody plays man coverage against Lamar because I can't turn my back to him. And so I'm going to go get zone beaters because we get zone over and over and over. Well, the league realized Lamar's not as good against man. We're going to do it anyways and spy him. And if he runs, so be it, you know? And then the other thing, and this goes back to the Patriot conversation, especially during this last three, four years, if you're a free agent wide receiver, you don't want to go to Baltimore and catch three balls a game and block all day. So you you got to overpay Odell Beckham because someone else might be trying to sign him. And if you want yeah. the receiver to go there, you maybe got to overpay. So I'm not going to put up numbers on the block all day. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Patrick Sertan versus Justin Jefferson. I want to say, so Michael has this question. Who's worth more in trade value, Sertan versus Jefferson? We'll answer the question. I think it's Jefferson just because right now wide receiver value is at an all-time high and it's ahead of cornerback value. But I don't think either guy's getting traded. I don't either. I mean, they, I maybe, mean, they maybe should the way those teams are going and should they go hardcore rebuild? But we talked about the the Minnesota Vikings, by the way, and Quasey, their GM, uh, has meant, has talked about what their process was. And we're like, what was this thinking process? This process was, well, we're, we're retooling, we're rebuilding, but we're never going to try to be bad and we're going to try to win while we're doing anything. And so that's kind of the answer of what they're doing. And they're failing at that because they're still losing. So it would have been smarter to get a lot more draft picks and trade everybody there right now. Justin Jefferson's not going to want to resign, I don't think. So that makes things even more difficult. Does that add to it? I think it would be for sure an offseason thing. He's got a, a hamstring now anyway, so he wouldn't even be able mm-hmm. to take a physical. He's on IR before you uh is he on IR? They put him yeah, they put him on IR. Just put him on yesterday, yeah. Yeah. And so you can't get a you, you won't be able to get a physical with him before the deadline anyway. So I, Jefferson's not going anywhere. Maybe offseason if things got really crazy with Minnesota and they just went full full rebuild and need as many picks as possible. Maybe Kirk Cousins, uh, Sertan, potentially because I feel like there's a fire sale in Denver. But I mean, those are the players you build around, not trade away because they're still young, too. Exactly. And I made a lot of waves here this week because I said the Steelers should call the, the Denver Broncos for Sertan. The Steelers' corners are horrible yeah. in, in a, a Minka like move, you know, like really good player on his rookie deal that's unhappy in a bad organization, frankly. And maybe they, you can trick them into giving you a, him at a deal, uh, whatever. Um, I would never trade him if I was the Broncos. I think Sauce Gardner and Sertain, especially when you talk money, are the most valuable corners in the in the league right now. You know, mm-hmm. rookie deals, they're phenomenal players. But Jefferson's worth more. Like if they if we were having if all the 32 GMs got together and had and nobody who was on a team and everyone's out there and they drafted, Jefferson would go first among wide receivers. Maybe even he would probably go first offensive player that's not a quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I mean, he's, ahead, he's a superstar. I mean, he's right. yeah. and we go ahead of, of Sertan, as good as Sertan is now. So, yeah, if, if you know, one of those guys gets traded, it's because they force their way out and make it difficult mm-hmm. on the team. The team realizes, well, I guess we kind of have to trade this guy because it makes sense for how we rebuild and get something for him because he's not gonna, we're not going to resign him long term anyway. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that uh, happens. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Uh, Van Jefferson on the move. Uh, so we have seen some wide receiver movement and uh, not a, you know, not a, a massive earth shattering move there. Van Jefferson going from the, uh, the Rams to the Falcons. Miko um, Hardman is on the trade market. We found out uh, recently as reported the New York jets haven't used him at all. 
Uh, could he end up back with the Kansas City Chiefs potentially? He's on a one-year deal, I believe, right now in New York. Um, so there could definitely be some trade action. I think it's going to be a fun trade deadline for yeah, sure. Yeah, I do too. I do too. It seems to get more and more active every every year. And you trade these guys for seventh-round picks or swap a six for a seven, that type of thing. Cool, you know. Uh, quick notes to finish this up. We do have more players going on IR too. Devin a chain. They were seemed like they were on the fence with him. Was it going to be three weeks? So new rules in case you don't know, if you go on IR and this applies to Jefferson, you have to miss four games. And I think a chain, a Chan, they were, is it going to be three? Is it going to be four? So this isn't great news. They kind of sided on it's going to be longer than we thought. And then Richardson, the quarterback for Colts, what I read today is it's every bit of four might be up to eight, you know, right. so that's not so great. And that's a throwing shoulder thing. So now yeah. you're rehabbing and is he hundred percent the rest of the year? So that's, that's questionable there for Anthony Richardson, which is unfortunate, but at least a month, maybe more like two months for him. Yeah. And as you mentioned uh, the other day, I mean, he needs every rep he can get. I mean, he's like Trey Lance, you know, we did have a question. Joey Bagadonitz asked why there's so many hamstring injuries this year. Does it feel like there's more injuries, more hamstring injuries? Is it something to do with less practice, less preseason time for all these players? I missed that question, but I I was just chuckling to myself when you said it because I think about every early August we get asked that because there's always a lot of hamstring injuries every year and people don't remember it 365 days ago, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, because they're not like ACLs where a guy's out for the year. They leave mm-hmm. for a few weeks and come back and you're like, oh, what was that injury? I can't remember. Some soft tissue thing. I don't know. I just think it's the adjustment of practice and preseason versus 65 snaps of the real world, you know? And uh, injuries are going to happen. I mean, there's oh, yeah. a high level of attrition in the NFL. So I don't know if you can point to, to any one thing there. And I, don't, I feel like there's not more injuries than before either. I think maybe teams no. are more cautious about their players and oh, not yeah. throwing them out there hurt. I think that's probably, if there's anything to players playing less now, it's probably that. I think that's true. There's definitely more load management in all sports. There's that one more game, I think, scared the old school coaches that, man, I have a hard enough time getting through 16. How am I going to get through 17? I'll put a Chan on the IR so he's there four weeks from now. You know, right. We got Mostert. We got that speed still. Let's, mm-hmm. let's Wilson's coming back. Be smart. Three weeks anyway. Give him an extra week. All right. There we go. Thanks for all the questions, everybody. Uh, apologies if we did not get to yours. Always some great ones. You can always drop a question anytime at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter or on the YouTube comments. Matt and I back tomorrow. It's time for our week six six pack. Here we go. We got Thursday nice. night football coming. We got another week of NFL games. Matt and I making picks right here. Peacock and Williamson.